0: welcome to another edition of the formula one fans uk podcast i'm reese and I'm joined today by dan and danny i'm back the american is back we we did promise his return and with that he has brought the races in the americas and oh danny as you're back what were your thoughts on the race Uh,
1: oh well look um it's kind of like miami uh it's a city of all you know show but really no substance um and that's what we got in this race but all credit to max yes he did have the fastest car but you know you, it does require a, a special ability to to move up the grid and overtake and have anything go wrong did a great job um yes that car is a rocket but yeah,
0: good I'm gonna say special ability or 20 kilometers an hour difference with drs
1: so, yeah yeah that that's just crazy. It when he was overtaking, I like Russell, um, I think Gasly. The uh, it it's it's very heartbreaking, I guess, in a way to say. Very heartbreaking to see if you're a Russell fan or a Mercedes fan.
0: It's heartbreaking if you're a fan of close racing at the front as well. Um, Dan, coming over to you, how hungry are you right now waiting for your Chinese? I'm absolutely starving. Um, I would rather. Rewatch the race
2: and wait any longer for my food um but it wasn't a bad race uh up until lap 18 and then it was boring and my highlight for the race is probably max deciding to just overtake two cars at the same time and just breeze past that was some some
0: next level overtaking that one it was a ridiculous overtake it was it was almost like the other two you know, like they almost weren't on the gas. They were just, just passed by, just like that on what was the shortest DRS zone on the track. It just shows you the that Red Bull have just worked wonders with that system this year. But they were in a fight themselves, and Max just like, oh,
2: slipstream, see you later. And they were like, they were probably sat in the car like, what the fuck? We were literally battling, and then Max comes out of nowhere and takes both our places. Literally, like I know we spoke about this
0: before about getting robbed in Miami, but they were robbed, bro. Straight up. It was, it was daylight robbery for anyone who wasn't a Red Bull. You just didn't have any chance to stop it. It, it was like being mugged, I guess. You, <laughs> you, you were powerless to stop it and completely caught by a surprise.
1: But I think you you said it earlier. The the, the big problem right now with, with F1 and this race highlighted it is the fighting at the front. We want to see those battling the first and second place battling for the lead. We want to see that last left showdown, um, but we're not getting that. You know, this is going on more. This has been over two seasons already. Yeah, we had the great battle of 2021, but that's not two seasons ago. And before that, we had the Hamilton dominance and and people were getting tired of Mercedes, especially in twenty twenty. What first and second every race? I think the first six races and like it looks like Red Bulls ha- gonna head to the same way. Um, we want to see fighting. We want to see fighting at the front. Uh, Miami isn't that bad of a track, except for the second sector, which I think is like Mickey Mouse Formula E kind of track. Um, the first and second sectors are pretty good. I like I like how the third and the first how you come out of the long straightaway, and then you have those um, high speed winding turns uh, up to the to main straight. Up to turn one, I, I, I like I like that second. That's like actually pretty pretty cool. We saw some good racing from Magnuson there. Um, Magnuson and Leclerc went at it several several times, and great show. Um, definitely brought excitement to a very boring race.
0: Yeah, I'm not a fan of the Mickey Mouse sector two either. The the whole Miami's answer to the Singapore sling was not what anyone ever asked for, but it was a necessity to be able to go underneath the bridge. Yeah, yeah, it, it it's still not a great. Hector. There That's was similar to
1: Valencia, right? There's a there's a section in Valencia that was similar to that.
0: Yeah, which like, you know after Valencia the, after
1: turn one, I think, right? I think after turn one, I think it's like turn right, then left, and then another left, right. I know it's just weird weird uh section there.
0: Over the bridge, Valencia also famed for being another not very good street circuit.
1: Great race, 2012 was a great race. Yeah. The
0: only the only time it was a good race, 20. and then yeah. and then after that. Um, I mean, after uh, other than that one race in uh, Valencia, the rest of them were awful, and it was just typical that when you announce that it, it's leaving the calendar, that's when it puts a good race on. <laughs> but there is a real issue with racing at the front. My issue was that we were promised a battle, three laps to go, this will happen. It was very, very clear from everything this weekend that the hard tyre was the best race tyre. Uh, the medium would completely degrade and the soft was not even an option for the race so you've got to question Red Bull they put Verstappen on the hard tyre which was the right call and for someone starting in the midfield it makes sense to do that but they could have done the same with Perez there's the argument of off the line Perez would have lost a few meters yes but if he gets beaten into turn one by Alonso or or signs, say he falls behind both of those, what's stopping him waiting two laps, then with the 20 kilometer an hour difference of the DRS just breezing right past them, being on the better race tyre, and driving off into the distance?
2: That would be because Christian Horner's a dickhead, uh, and he really doesn't care about Perez, all he cares about is kissing Max and his dad's ass, so that's probably why. I was
1: going to say the same thing, I I don't even, you know, I guess the only person who can ask that question is Checo, you know, did he... Did he want to switch? Did he want a different option? Or did he just listen to his, his uh, engineers and then went with that option? Uh, brings very interesting.
0: Well, if his engineers thought that a medium tyre was the best way to go, knowing about how great the hard tyre was with the race tyre, then his engineers need to find a different line of work. No, but
2: I'm sorry. Checker has done enough of these races to realise that he knew what Max's strategy was. Max qualified outside the top 10. Any driver that qualifies outside the top 10 that should be in the top 10 runs harder for longer, pits later, goes faster. He should have known that, and he should have adapted his strategy. He's either too scared to talk to Red Bull and say, that's what I want to do, or he generally thought that he was going to be on a better strategy, which is stupid, and he needs to have his head wobbled a little bit, because we we all knew what was happening. Everybody could see it. It's yeah, it's just it's really weird.
0: Yeah, the, the truth is, when you're in a two-horse race... If you've got a nine length head start like Perez had, he had that nine car head start on Verstappen. You just run what the other guy is running and you, it doesn't matter what anyone else is doing because you know, you've got that fastest car. I mean, Verstappen came from ninth to win. Anyone could have, you know, done that. It's, uh, it, it leaves me a bit baffled really to think that he didn't go down that route or, he wasn't allowed to go down that route or whatever happened just didn't make any sense to me. But we'll talk about where there was actually action. The midfield was tighter and you could argue without Red Bull, maybe these regulations are working because everyone is running closer together. But at the same time, there is just a fundamental lack of overtaking. Um, The DRS trains are doing my head in right now. Um, I just there's got to be a better way of bringing in overtaking to formula one. And there's all this talk of, as we were in America, a lot of the IndyCar drivers were piping up this weekend, in particular, Marcus Ericsson, who went onto Twitter to say, forget about DRS push to pass is where, is where things should be. And there's this argument that it's artificial push to pass, but to me, it's no more artificial than having a slot that opens up in the rear wing when, Only in like situational use. I think we push to pass. What I like about
2: it is you can use it when you feel like. With DRS, it's only in designated sectors. If you're within so much of somebody, I'm not against push to pass. I actually enjoy it. At to be fair though, what I do enjoy the most is the little graphic of watching their little time
0: go down. And I'm like, oh shit,
2: Matt. He he's only got eight (laughs) seconds left. What is he gonna do?
0: Yeah, that's, that's what I like about push-to-pass as well. I mean, Formula One sort of tried it in the past before with the KERS system, but the problem with KERS was you could only use it for six seconds a lap, and it was just six seconds a lap. So every driver, if they were in a battle, they would use it at that same point, whereas push-to-pass, because it's a, a race-long thing, there is that strategic question of does it, do you use it a lot of it and start to try and get track position. Or do you save it for the end, hoping that, especially with Formula One, the car having no refueling would be lighter and more effective for push to pass?
1: Well, Formula One currently has something very similar to the push to pass with their their battery, uh, the energy battery pack that they have on their hybrid units. Um, yeah, Kers was a, a good example and how F1 has evolved. Do that now. Look, um, so Formula One is the best series racing. It has the best show. It, it's literally becoming a Super Bowl every tri- every race. I know Indy GP. I know um, the guys that uh, in, in Indy, they um, they really want to bring these F1 drivers in. Uh, but understand, some of them really like the glitz and the glamour that F1 provides, um, and and uh, and the way they can express themselves in F1. They're both great series of racing. I like both. I can watch both on any given day, and they just both provide good entertainment right now
0: going back to your first point it sort of doubles back onto what curse was though with the current use and mm-hmm. uh, using overtake because you can only use it for so much of the lap you only get so much energy you can deploy as a maximum per lap and that's where yeah. i just feel like the push to pass system would be better in formula one these days because you're not limited on that use per lap and you will have drivers coming in and and using more of it you know it's or, or using too much of it at the start because they don't know the system and it will give us this whole extra dynamic to the racing and i'm sorry drs is just completely flawed now um one team has worked it out to a, a tee, and everyone else is stuck in drs trains it's it's quite embarrassing really when you think this has been to improve the racing drs but all it's done is make it worse
1: i do agree um was it baku uh, at baku that was the last race where they shortened the drs right
0: they did it um, here as well. They did it, they, they did they did it in Miami, well. too.
1: Yeah, and I think in, uh, in the last race, we had like, the least amount of overtakes. Uh, that Even the 2016 bore Fest, where Nico uh, Rosberg won the race, even had more overtakes than, um, than this boring one of this past couple weeks ago. There has to be another system other than DRS. Uh, we, we, need, we do need better racing. We need to find a way of these drivers to maintain um, the gaps and, you know, stay close and pinned up behind somebody um, to get better.
0: Yeah, I agree. There's got to be a better way of doing it. But going on to the second point you you raised in your earlier comments, every race being like a Super Bowl, et cetera, et cetera, and all all these bits. And there is a bit more of a show to it. But could you think of anything worse to do before a driver is about to go around lapping a couple of hundred kilometres now for the next two hours and having to have to do some pointless WWE-style entrance with Will I Am and LL Cool J doing, you know, walk-on music. And it was really, I mean, I, I found okay. it completely pointless. A waste of time, a distraction to the driver's, I don't think I added anything to the show. I thought it was cheesy. It was embarrassing. I could go on with listing how many problems I thought there were with it. Danny. Can, can was,
1: I, yeah, can I give my Angry American rant on this one? Yes. Okay, first of all, it's not 2008. Will, I am, he's 2008 for me. That's, that's old. Like, there's somebody else there. LL Cool J as well. They tried this back in 2017, 18, I
0: forget. Kota. Yeah. Yeah we
1: tried that again and i think the drivers didn't like it and they go back and do it again so um it's just um it's distracting you can see some of their faces especially max's face
0: <laughs> it's just not want to be there yeah, there were some drivers who did not want to be there, there were some other drivers who just didn't give a shit um i mean you saw lewis hamilton he just went out milked the crowd gave will uh, i gave gave ll cool j a hug and then just walked off and I mean for some of them they can just play it down because it doesn't it doesn't bother them, other ones it, it is a real distraction. I wonder, does Nick DeVries have that incident with Lando Norris lap one? I know we've given him some stick recently, DeVries, but I don't think if he's completely switched on, not having to stand there for five, ten minutes whilst everyone else is announced, standing there next to a grid kid whilst an orchestra's playing. I reckon he's more in the zone. except you look at these drivers, a lot of them do sit down with their headphones in, focusing because they know What's coming up?
2: I don't like like the whole like thing that we had with Kurt with like parading them out like it is effectively like the shit they do with NASCAR. Like I like it with NASCAR because I don't know it, it it's it, that's just what it is. But we I I, I agree like we, we don't really need it in F1. Going back to Will I Am couldn't give a toss about Will I Am, but Alain Courgette is a legend. Man is a legend. Danny's doing this mer, mer mer thing. I don't want to hear it, Danny. He's a legend. Um, he's a pop he's a pop legend. He's more of a
1: pop
2: legend. Okay, I'll give that. He's a pop legend. I don't know. I think as a driver, it's your responsibility to get this out of the way quickly, you know, pop your headphones in, sit down, go to the side, and and then you need to use your own time to get in the zone, which I think they did. As far as they're concerned, this is just a just a, you know, it's it's a warm-up. I I think a lot of them don't really care for it, but that's because they're not used to it, and if this becomes a every single event thing, then they're just gonna have to. it's they're, they're gonna have to get used to it. It is what it is. I can't see it being an everyday thing, but with Liberty Media, you 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 just never know. They could have us all racing opposite direction every twenty laps if they wanted.
0: All I'm saying, all I'm gonna say, is that they're gonna feature that probably on Drive to Survive, and Drive to Survive are gonna make it out like everyone absolutely loved it. and Everyone went crazy for. Whichever driver they were featuring, probably Logan Sargent, because his first home race. But man, it just, it just sucked. It was, it was just a waste of time. I mean, the whole start procedure was completely, you know, messed up. I mean, I nearly missed the grid walk because I wasn't, I, I didn't realize it was going to start so early because of this. But whilst I was talking about the grid walk, that was arguably the highlight of the race. Because Jackie Stewart, You you talk about a legend, Dan, that's a legend. Can you go get Roger Federer for me, Jackie? No problem. Walked past bouncers, security guards. You can't stop Jackie Stewart on an <laughs> F1 grid. You can't stop that man. He went over, I, he got Roger. Absolute I, hero.
2: I did think Jackie yeah. Stewart was going to start throwing hands at one point when the security guy stopped him. I'm like, oh, we're about to see an angry little Scottish man go right off in a minute. <laughs> like He's he's just going to start kicking off and start throwing hands at people. <laughs>
0: it just also shows that these people didn't know who Jackie Stewart, who the Jackie Stewart was. Some of these, obviously you can't not know who that is. If you claim to be an F1 fan, if you're more interested in LL Cool J reading out Yuki Tsunoda or, you know, or, or claiming that Joe New is the next most exciting driver in Formula One. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was embarrassing. This stuff was just yeah. being made up on the spot. It felt like it's like, yeah. it, no know, like they hadn't done any background research into the drivers, it was just
2: embarrassing. No, 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 no right. I, I think probably the script for this was written before Yuki Tsunoda drove a car. Maybe that's Shit. where they got the confusion. You know, when we were all on the, the Yuki hype train. His was the best though. His introduction was
1: the best. Yuki's was the best.
0: The the thing is, I was half expecting because it's it was such an American thing. I was half I was expecting some very casual racism which they usually do in America what could they have said I don't I'm not going to say what they could have said but I was just I was just half <laughs> expecting it
2: shit Danny I I, I talk a lot of shit about like what everybody and I'm staying away from yeah. that one bro I don't I, I don't need that nah, 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 nah. no not today not today today
1: <laughs> but yeah uh, El Kujay made a reference to his height I need somebody to call him short
0: which he is yeah, they're just a reference to the hype. But the, like I said, the, the Grand new one was really confusing. Uh, Hulkenberg, aggressive driving. I've never had Hulkenberg down for aggressive driving, giving him the nickname of the Hulk. Dan's trying to show me the football. I can't see the football. His screen's way too bright. Are you trying to show me something important here, Dan? No, hey, That's what you're watching. Are you not watching football? No. I'm just but glancing up at Sky Sports News occasionally in case something breaks like I always right. do. Either way, it's not important. All I'm gonna say is these. My final point on these driver announcements was they were worse because the announcer was not the legendary Michael Booker. They they went they would take a step back. That's all I'm saying.
2: Yeah, but they're trying to make it. I don't know. They're they're, they're trying to make it relevant to the states, maybe with like using L O local J and Will. I am. I know Will I am was probably there to p-
0: promote his new single and and whatever. But yeah, the the formula that can that can stay away from formula one that can that was i've given that a listen it's, it's meant to be for the kids it's i i, I guess i'm not the kids anymore um wait, but you're, you're, you're speaking it. like you're 50 like you're small, i'm not it's 50 that's the kids. thing it's like it's meant to be for people around my age group and it's i just sit, sat there i was like what am i listening to this is awful <laughs> wait, that's, that, wait,
2: that, that's probably what people think when they listen to me talk on this podcast. What am I listening to? That's awful.
1: <laughs> can, I, can I get some quotes, some driver quotes from that uh, talked about the driver's introduction? We had Lando Norris say that none of the drivers liked it. It's not for us at the end of the day. And then now Al- Alvon was equally dismissive, saying it's the show. We're in the show business now. Um, so yeah, just kind of negative dissonance about it. Even George Russell is distracting, he says, because we're, we're on the grid for half an hour with in all of our
0: overalls in the sun. Yeah, you say it was distracting. It was pointless. Um, But let's, uh, let's move on. For me, the biggest issue that we've already highlighted in this podcast is that there's no competition between Red Bull and the rest of the field. And the last two races, they've experimented with DRS shortening the zones to try and reduce the advantage that it's having on Red Bull. It's not working. Because shortening the zones, Red Bull was still as effective. 20 kilometres an hour is a huge difference. Over a shorter distance, it's still a huge difference compared to everyone else. And everyone else's DRS is less effective because of it than shortening these zones. So for me, I think if you're going to improve the racing, make life more difficult for Red Bull to come through the field, you don't shorten DRS zones, you don't extend them, you just get rid of DRS. Yeah, we should get rid of DRS for just Red Bull. And then everyone else can have DRS. <laughs> no, seriously, Dan. Get rid of DRS. Just no one has it. Because I tell you what, you, it's not going to be any worse than a DRS train being stuck behind without DRS. Yeah, but Red Bull
2: don't need DRS. This this is the thing. Like It's still going to be exactly the same as it is now, regardless of if you have DRS or not. Like, how many passes did Red Bull actually need DRS for? Like, a handful at best. I just think... Like you said, they're like 20 km up. They're just they
0: yeah. That's just, with DRS. It's that's the difference. They get on everyone else with DRS is an extra 20 kilometers an hour. But realistically, right? I know I I know I ch- chat a lot of shit,
2: but I don't think Red Bull need DRS to pass anybody.
0: No, they 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 probably need it. That they probably need it still. I mean, even if they don't need it, it would still the DRS makes it so much easier for them to get past. It's if you get took away the DRS, maybe they are having to lunge a bit more, you know, be a bit more desperate. You know how it was when Hamilton and Rosberg were having to battle through the fields when they were taking their engine penalties in 2015, 2016. They had the fastest car, but the DRS difference was not that great. The Mercedes engine was a lot better than the, than the Ferrari engine and the Renault engine at the time. And don't even get me started on Honda back then. But when they came to <laughs> trying to overtake the Williams or the Force India, it, it did require, you know, a bit of gritting your teeth, closing one eye and and hoping for the best when lunging down into the first corner or whatever you were going.
1: Yeah, I remember that, especially the Williams. Williams was really good in straights back then. Uh, it work. Well, what about what about shortening the use of DRS instead of uh, having DRS race long? you can only have it in the last 50 percent of the race and the reason i say that because most of the for example you have a driver that starts in max for example with ninth um he you know it's a good example he used the and all those overtakes that, uh, all those passes that he did but what if he didn't have it you're right what if it took him longer to you know to get catch up these guys and we probably had a, a better race on our hands against Perez as well. and Maybe Perez would have won, maybe not. Uh, I don't know, maybe it's just Max today. Um, but, um, you know, especially in the crucial beginning where they don't have DRS
0: available, you have, I think it'd be a better idea. Well, that's exactly it. If Max didn't have DRS and no one had DRS, well, no. if no one had DRS, Max would have had to have been braver because he knew that he would have known that Checo was going to leave him for dust. And Checo really could have got away with starting on the mediums back then because he would have had verstappen trying to fight through the field actually having to fight through the field rather than just oh drs is open buy buy two cars at once you know it just it feels like a gimmick and i get what you're trying to say if, if you just limit the use of it but the thing is drs is already situational you have to be within the second of the car in front to be able to use it if you're allowing everyone else to use it for 15 say 15 percent of the race then cars are just going to use it to overtake uh to defend as well like was the issue with KERS and why KERS didn't work right do we really need another
2: year of a desperate max uh in and driving
0: dangerously because he doesn't have drs right. a- anything's more entertaining than what we're dealing with at the moment it's a case of shall i fight him shall i try and you know battle for position or maybe i might get second in the race no, it's just pointless. It's like, oh, I might as well just let him go past because there's not going to be any chance of me holding him back because as soon as he gets DRS, he's gone past me. Get rid of the DRS.
2: Yeah. I think this is maybe something we need to have, like, like with the point system. I think we need to have a, like, a little in-depth discussion about it a bit more rather than you doing a Dan and Tim Hat theory and you'll take DRS away. Um just like yeah, right. Next race, no DRS.
1: Yeah. Are you saying like the whoever is last in points has DRS for the whole
0: race? No, mate. I was just saying, get rid of DRS completely. Just completely get rid of it.
1: Yeah. You it, re, a, a it doesn't
0: work. It works for one team. Everyone else is stuck in DRS trains. Make that just just the problem is if you just if you were to say let's slow down the cars. The next regulation change, let's slow the cars down. let actually. Rather than going, oh, well, we think if we do this little change here, it will make the cars two tenths a lap slower. No, slow them down by like two seconds a lap, two three seconds a lap. Make them slower because I tell you what, the slower series always follow better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're going to change the regulations at all to try and make this get closer, you have just got to slow everyone down dramatically. Slow them down. Take a load of downforce off the cars. That that sounds
1: great, and. And it would be great. It'd be great to have the mechanical grip of the 80s. Uh, it'd be, you know, it'd be great to have the, uh, you know, the wheel-to-wheel racing that we expect. Um, but, you know, F1, especially Liberty Media, they're, it's the show. They, they want faster cars. They're going to get bigger cars, more space uh, for sponsors. Um, it kind of just goes to that and it's kind of a a bummer why these certain regulation changes don't happen is
0: one of those reasons why do you want faster cars for a better show or do you want better action on track for a better show what's actually a better show
1: oh i definitely want better show show. i don't but what what creates the better
0: show is it faster cars or on track action if you're having one or the other what creates a better show on track action On
1: track, any day, on track action is going to do it, and that's why Indy is is um, is drawing attracting more fans because they almost can guarantee that
0: action. Yeah, but you've you've also got the thing with Indy being a spec series, Formula Two, Formula Three, it's a spec series. Formula One's not a spec series, but if you do slow the cars down, everyone's still working to the same rules. Someone's always going to be faster, but actually make this effort to really slow the cars down. Take, yeah. make it so a lap at Spa is thirty seconds longer, and use that as your base point. Yeah,
1: I'll, you know it, they're great ideas, but at the same time they do have a shade of, and I, I hate that I'm going to say this, but punishing Red Bull a little bit. Yes, they did come out with the best car, best car in this generation. Um, we also have to, the other other manufacturers have to step up. Mercedes, they brought back uh, Allison back to their team to help with their designing and, and their car, and hopefully we see an upgrade coming up in Imola where they're claiming a second, but it's more of like a quarter of a second. Uh, you know, Ferrari had Benotto, which is a great technical mind, just couldn't put it together as a team. I think the teams just have to step up. I think Horner even Horner even said it that you know he they're so far ahead and he's kind of shocked to see Ferrari and Mercedes haven't caught up. And it's right. It, it is a bit shocking. It's a bit sad that those top two teams are so far back. Red Bull and especially Ferrari has a ton of money, money coming out of their nose, you know, out of the nostrils and they still can't design a decent car. But, you know, uh, we'll see. You know, we'll see. I just don't, I, you know, I I, I wish that we just had tighter racing and I just don't really think we should. I wouldn't want to see Red Bull penalized in, in a way. Even though they should
0: be penalised for other things, but that's another story. What I'm saying is not actually try and penalise Rebel. Like if you were to get rid of DRS, I get that is penalising Rebel because they're the ones who are using the best at the moment. I'm just saying future generation of cars,
1: <laughs>
0: say 2025, you do it so... Because 2026 is a new engine formula. But if you say 2025, we're going to really slow these cars down because we've got to improve the show. It's... Not so much an attack on Red Bull, because everyone else is going to have to figure this out. Everyone else is going to have to put their minds to it. And I think if you're going to directly change a regulation to affect Red Bull, I don't think that's the way to do it. I don't think slowing everyone down is going to do it. I still think you'll have Red Bull Ferrari Mercedes at the front. You're, still, you're going to create better on-track action because cars can follow each other better. So, yeah, slow the cars down, give them push to pass, get rid of DRFs. That's my solution for Formula One. I'm very confused, but how is
2: slowing the cars down and then giving them push to pass going to be any different than the cars going fast now, but then push to pass?
0: I'm saying I won't push to pass either way. I'd happily have push to pass yeah, if, you get, if you put it in tomorrow. I don't saying... think
2: slowing them down, though, because... Well, that's if... because you weren't listening to what Danny and I were saying when you walked out the room. Right, but you're going to slow everybody down the same yes. percentage, you're still going to have the cars that are faster at the front, except it's going to waste an extra 40 minutes of my life watching the cars go around the track.
0: Okay, Dan, take Formula One. You're watching, even say you're watching the midfield of what you saw this last race, where they're all stuck in the DRS train, and they're all following, but they can't get close enough even with the DRS to pass, because they're all going so fast through these high-speed corners. Say you're watching that at Silverstone okay now imagine touring cars at silverstone you've got so you've got three different manufacturers they're different cars they're not the same it's not spec series but they can follow closer because the cars are slower that's why it's better in formula 2 and better in formula 3 as well because even though it's a spec series the cars are also slower okay i'm prepared to give
2: some fortune or slow the cars down theory then i guess for a for a
0: second I feel like we're gonna have to save it for a, a summer break or or another lull in the podcast where we get a big gap or another crap race to really come back and revisit this.
2: It, it's fine. We'll save it for in like three months when Danny comes back again. We'll do uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll 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 do um, a slow the car down uh,
0: podcast. Uh, either way, I'm still saying yeah. push the pass Give him push the pass and get rid of DRS. I think that's your first solution to this. I'm on board numbing. with push the pass Push the pass is like.
2: That's a top-notch
1: idea. Yeah, I, I agree. It has to be something sensible, and some, it doesn't have to be anything ludicrous like my half of the race. You only use
0: DRS idea. With DRS, I honestly feel like it's a it's an idea that's been tried and tried and tried and exhausted. We've always had DRS trains, and now I'm just saying you can shove your DRS up your ass. It's uh... <laughs> yeah, title for the podcast. You can shove your DRS up your push to pass. <laughs>
1: So, uh, you guys want to talk
2: about Mercedes upgrades at uh MLF? Let's do it. Hell yeah, bro. They've got to do something. <laughs> they, they literally can't get any shitter, can they? Gotta upgrade
0: something. <laughs> I mean, my fantasy season is relying on George Russell being good with these upgrades. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. They're calling a, a second? Probably not. Um, I think Hamilton's more realistic. Russell's more realistic saying that they're not going to... You know, overnight be uh, all up at the front, but um you know, should provide better racing.
0: Anything could provide better racing than what we're dealing with right now. So <laughs> I'm just looking can forward go. to actually having side pods. Oh, can we talk about McLaren? Or can
1: we not talk about McLaren?
0: It's easy to not talk about McLaren because you don't ever see them anymore because they're that far behind. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty disappointing. I can affect, imagine it affects his uh, attitude towards his long term contract. Right? But well, where is there to go? Red Bull, when Perez pisses them off by fighting Max too hard. Exactly that, bro. Exactly that. When, Por-
2: Perez? when Perez, doesn't Perez doesn't become. Can, <laughs> uh, when, when he becomes non compliant, that seat is up for grabs the fucking day after, mate. 100%. Oh. Contract talks start. Look, yeah, mate. it's not it's not gonna be Danny program.
0: Rick who gets it uh, maybe I, I believe so.
2: Danny Rick was
0: there for the promo video, like for Australia that's it. I mean it's there. it's like hey look we've we've given Danny Rick another chance by making him a test and deserve a reserve driver just to try and make us look like not complete arseholes who cheat at every opportunity that is
2: literally it. It's like, oh look, we're the nice guy we're not we're not villains. It's still a villain mate hundred <laughs> percent you and that ninety four year old psycho
0: fucking both of you <laughs> Dr. Evil wasn't a nice man for giving Mini-Me a job, that's all I'm going to say are
2: we calling uh, Helmet Marco um, Dr. Evil?
0: Yes he's Dr. Evil and Christian Horner <laughs> is his Mini-Me f-
2: <laughs> that's the name of the
0: podcast bro that was Oh. Uh... <laughs> no he hasn't been that bad no did he's you, eighty he was it? eighty this weekend, wasn't he, Dr. Helmet? Oh was he? Was he? Think it, yeah. Eighty years old. He's not he's uh, not doing I... too bad. He's not doing too bad, no, he's still um he's still destroying dreams, so he's as good as that as he ever was. He's probably surviving,
2: like, through the blood of <laughs> rookie drivers. That's what <laughs> that's what
0: keeps him young. <laughs> that's it. He just Oh helmet's Helmet's uh, getting a bit old. Let's go sacrifice another junior driver. Yeah,
1: Yeah. his birthday was uh, last week, the 27th of April. So, what young driver did he... Eat?
0: Which young driver did he sacrifice this time to give himself a chance? <laughs> I mean, there was no Formula 2 this week, so I guess we'll find out next time out in, um, in Imola.
1: Yeah, that's right, because Imola has F2 and F3, so they're plenty to snack on.
0: Do they have um, F1 Academy as well or not? No, that's, um, that's joining next season. Into the support, it's just it's racing its own series this season and its own tracks to get it sort of into the swing of things, and then it's going to come around and be the super uh, the support series. Yeah, Formula Two and Formula Three at Imola. So when we're looking at and there's like, on, where's Dennis Halger? We know that he's been sacrificed to keep Helmut Marco going. That's what's <laughs> it's literally going to
2: be a just who isn't here kind of deal, <laughs> like. Who whose soul did he sacrifice? Oh shit! Who right? Who from the Red Bull junior team didn't
0: make it? It's gonna be like a give me like a like Murder on the Orient Express style thing, isn't it? It's like which which driver's gone missing? Who's who's and which other driver is committing the sacrifices to keep Marco alive? Oh dear! If he pokes his clothes in the time of this podcast going out, we're gonna sound like absolute arseholes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It, you did, um, I don't know if you heard, but he was trying to take credit for Mercedes signing Hamilton as well. He, he entered that realm. He had mentioned in an interview that he had spoken with, uh, with Lauda, Nicky Lauda, uh, before, uh, before Singapore in 2012. And he had mentioned that, you know, you need to sign Hamilton. He's probably the best driver out there left. The reason he did it was so Hamilton wouldn't re-sign with McLaren and be a direct threat to Red Bull at the time. So.
0: How'd that work out for them?
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> with with Lewis blowing their back out six times.
0: I think we'll wrap it up, boys. Um, so just before we get uh, before we finish, looking ahead to Imola, Danny, who's your winner? Is it Verstappen, Perez, or someone else?
1: Um, I'm I'm Team Perez this year. Uh, so it'll be Perez, Max, and Lewis. Uh, I'll, I'll always have Lewis as the third spot, even though it'll probably be Alonso. But
2: uh, yeah, it's definitely just gonna be Alonso, in it? Like he's he's definitely gonna be on that. I don't think the podium's changing until somebody can do anything. It's gonna be a one-two-three, just consistently, unless there's a problem.
1: Now an Alonso win would be insane. So we yeah, got we we gotta admit that an Alonso win at Imola would be insane. It's been what uh 18 years since the last one. Is
2: it right? Five.
0: Uh, it it's wasn't... literally 10 years ago this week. It isn't
2: but... off the cards, though, is it? Realistically, all you need is either the Red Bulls to tangle together or have an issue or a park blow.
0: And wet race. He's wet race. right there.
2: Wet race. There no
0: DRS. Yeah, but they there promised
2: us, a, but they promised us a wet race or wet qualifying. And we got absolutely
0: jack shit this week. That's because WTF one every time they put something on their Facebook feed about how it's going to rain for either the race or qualifying, it rains in between the race and qualifying, and we get a dull shit race. Facts. It's, WTF it's the wtf one stop, jinx.
2: Stop writing about weather. Stick to vague F one shit stories instead of weather, please.
0: No, they've got <laughs> they've got better since um since Matt left. Matt and Tam left. In my opinion, I've I've preferred their stuff they've been putting out since then. Anyway, it
1: was a shame. well. I was going to give a shout out, <laughs> but. WTF one they first came out, they had some really good content. They yeah. were they were you know, and they, they were able to attack a lot of people. And I don't know what happened, then they I guess they got tired of Lewis winning it
0: all the time. And not much <laughs> They used to be a really good meme page and they became a news page. It's a bit like what I moved Lab Bible. And now it's just like <laughs> clickbait, you're like, fuck off, Lab Bible. Um <laughs>
1: Yeah, t- 2005, uh, Alonso won in Imola. We had that great, great Oh, you're talking
0: about the actual Imola race. I thought you were talking about Alonso's last win, which is literally 10 years ago this week.
1: Oh, oh
0: yeah. was uh, it Spain? Barcelona, right? Last win? Yeah. Uh, it was, Yeah, Barcelona. Crazy to think. What's happened in the last oh 10 years? I mean, Manchester City didn't exist last time Alonso really won a race. Or no, it was just after Manchester City started to exist, wasn't it? They still don't exist. The wheels <laughs> have fallen off the bus. <laughs> the, the fan base doesn't exist. I mean, the last time Alonso won a race, Manchester United were good.
2: Sadly, that is very true. I don't know what we were thinking yesterday. Chelsea was very good.
0: Chelsea were good, yeah, Chelsea. Chelsea was,
1: were Champions League
2: that year.
0: Everton were, were contenders for European football. Is J- Neverton?
1: <laughs> Neverton, yeah. Neverton, yeah.
0: Neverton yeah. Since Alonso's last win, 50 Red Bull Juniors have been sacrificed to keep Hamilton <laughs> alive. That is
2: probably a very accurate number. 100%. Brendan Hartley didn't
1: tell the story.
0: <laughs> yeah, Brendan Hartley survived, he escaped. Oh, shouts Brendan Hartley! Great bloke, great Brendan Hartley. Anyway, I think we will actually finally wrap it up. Um, Thank you very much for listening. If you've enjoyed listening to this and you want to see more of what Formula One Fans UK does, uh, check out the link in the bio of the podcast. As always, special thank you to our show sponsor, Apex Tracks, who, for all your 3D printed track work needs, they tick every box. Um, Their website is apextracks.com. That's A-P-E-X-T-R-A-X-S dot com. Until next time, thank you very much for listening. Cheerio, guys.
2: See you later, guys. See ya. Peace. (sighs)